0: Dan.
1: Hello, and a very happy birthday to the lovely Mick. Hi, Mick. Would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself?
0: Yeah, I'm Mick Williams. Um, I was born in St. Trent, and the accent. You can notice. And now living in snowy Louisville, Kentucky. I have um, published nine books so far. I've got them here, I suppose, so you can see them because they're all over the. I-, I write all over the place. I've got two. Um called them dramedies. I thought they were romantic comedies, but I've been told they're dramedies. Hey. So that's a word, apparently. Hey. Um, two mystery thrillers, kind of military thrillers, um, by a group of army veterans called the Old Fart Club, which is going to be ongoing. Uh, a bunch of standalone stuff, a James Bond type book, and a hunting book. And that kind of like kind of a road trip by a blind girl kind of book. And then a science fiction book. And then dark comedy. Marketing is terrible. Because where do you go? But I never get bored. So right now, I'm working on a sequel to this one called The Fear Walks Into the bar, And I also have um, outlined the next two old possible books. And I'm also working on a new series about a army chaplain who becomes a priest to use as cover for the fact that he's a hired hitman. So I mix it up a little bit.
1: <laughs> it's
0: but I don't get bored. <laughs>
1: Uh, did you always know that
0: you wanted to write? Um, yes, I think. I think in my um, author bio on my website, it says that my English teacher, my English was my best subject at school, English and maths. And my English teacher said that I had a very, very vivid imagination. And I'm not sure if she was been complimentary or not, based on what I used to write in high school. Um, but I never did anything with it. And then when I was late teens I started dabbling and I had an old tippy tappy typewriter if you remember those because we are people of the same age and I typed out a uh, beginning of a story about a rock band who had a possessed groupie who was trying to kill them all they never came to anything and I just never really got going until uh, I got over here and met a load of people who said you should just do it and that's when I wrote the first one which was a reason of Grieve which was a dare, done as a dare, really. And once I realised I could do it, I thought, well, you know what, well, I'm, I'm just going to do it. So that's how it started. So, I, yeah, I sort of always knew, but I never really had the confidence to get on with it. Or the discipline, because it involves a lot of discipline.
1: Quite surprising how many books have resulted a, as a dare, usually by men, actually, I find. It's
0: <laughs> <a case? laughs> yeah. The story behind this, because I used, to, I used to work, one of the blokes used to get, I used to get to work each morning like an hour early and sit in one of the back offices and write just random stuff. And he'd get to work and he'd be scrolling to the internet and one morning. and I said, what are you doing? And basically over here, there are fraternities at school. And they kind of all look out for each other. And he it turned out that he was a treasurer for his high school's fraternity. And if anybody in their fraternity died, and couldn't afford a funeral, they'd all chip in and pay for the funeral. And so he scoured the obituaries every day just to keep up with the fact that, it's, to see if any of them had died. Awesome. Which was a bit warped, but nice in a different way. And that's how that, that came about. Like, why, why would people be at funerals if they didn't really need to be there? That's how Reason to Breathe came out. <laughs> Very strange.
1: <Funny>. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I'm glad we don't have that in this country. It's confused enough already without fraternities and whatever. Oh, just no.
0: <laughs> I agree. Like I landed in this country with no fraternity, and I'm fine with that. Yeah,
1: yes. Just, just live your life, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, we only get so long. Enjoy it. Make the most of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Drink wine. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's my birthday.
1: Yeah, too right. <laughs> um so what is with the different genres is it just whatever comes to you that you write or do you plan on writing you know one time i'm going to write this genre and then i'm going to do this one
0: <laughs> honestly it just happens um a couple of times one of well, one of them i've been really lucky that one of them um, Hope's game. um this is based on a screenplay by a really good friend of mine Craig it's being filmed it um, had to pause filming because of COVID um, but he asked me to check out the screenplay and it's so good and I just said this would make a really, really good story, obviously you'd have to change things up a bit because you know, it's a totally different format and it's like, write it then so it was as simple as that, I just wrote it and then um, Callie's Eyes the one that I mentioned about the, the blind girl, road trip I actually dreamt it I woke up one night about three o'clock. I got the notes somewhere still. Woke up at three o'clock one morning with almost the entire story, her name, everything. Chanted it all down, finished the book I was writing. i can't what the book was now. And started, just started writing that with no outline or anything. I knew exactly. I, I, I knew the story. Um, so it's whatever happens. I'll just like, the, you know, you just think, well, but I've got to start writing something a bit more streamlined because you want to write and, and sort of make a living out of it you need to be doing something that people know what they can expect and right now you've got no clue what you're going to get from me.
1: But you're having <laughs> fun which is
0: all that matters right? <laughs> I am and apparently they've all got the same voice which is it's reassuring. When I did the first my like, reason to grieve uh I had a lot of female readers. Because um, it's got a pink cover and it's a romantic comedy or a dramedy up until now. Uh, lots of girls uh, and ladies read it. Love it it's my best reviewed book. But then I found out that loads of blokes read it too, because it's written from a bloke's point of view. So then when I wrote the military thing with the authority book, I did think, well, I mean, maybe a lot of people that read the books are going to be a bit thrown off by this. But there's also splashes of romance in that as well. Well, everybody says it's all, all of them have got the same voice and all the same style. And if you pick one up, you can pick any of them up. And they're all the same kind of style. No other word for it, really. So even though they're all different genres, they're all written for male and female readers. And they've all got the same kind of things going on. I'm not sure how this new guy is going to go on, the priest that's a hitman. I'm not sure where that's going to go yet. Because he, he caught them in romance. So I'm not sure what's happening with him. <laughs> we'll
1: yeah. We'll um, if it. you were, <laughs> if you were to be picked up and transported as a character into any of your books, which book would you choose? That's a good
0: question. But I'm looking at them now. Oh my days! I don't know. Probably. You know the say write what you know. So final clearance. Again, when you're saying about all these different genres, i got tired of reading, write what you know. And I've always worked in customer service. I've trained, I've been a store manager. I've done all that kind of retail stuff. And so I decided to write a book about a guy in retail who just gets sick of the abuse. And so instead of putting up with it, he murders the customers instead. And I think going back in my... Not that I want to murder anybody, because, you know, we're being recorded and people are watching. Well, I'd probably be Brody and I'd go back and deal with some of the people that gave me grief in the past.
1: I worked four hours today. Oh my God. Every single customer was an absolute loon, rude, just, oh my God. <laughs> it's just my dream. <laughs>
0: I'll send you a copy of final clearance. You need to read final clearance. It might yeah. tempt me to kill the pastors. Well, it doesn't kill anybody good.
1: Okay. You're only that's, bad. That's fine. So, yeah, I could. I can handle that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, if you need to justify it, as long as it's only bad people, you're sort of doing the world a favour. <laughs> yeah. But I it's didn't really-
1: say. It. No, no, of course not. Yeah, absolutely, especially being recorded. Even my That's colleague said you're getting them all today. I'm like, freaking, you don't need to tell me. I know, I'm speaking to them.
0: What's it? People are awful. I think since COVID kicked in as well, people's patience levels dropped. And they're terrible. They're ter- yeah. And it's like, I, I always think, we're, we're lucky that if, if, you, if you've done it for a living and you go somewhere, you, sort of, you know what they're dealing with, you're a lot more tolerant to it. Whereas some people just aren't. So okay. they need to be in off, basically. They need to send Brody after them.
1: Yep, absolutely. I'm totally on board with that. 100%. care business for you. It's okay. Fabulous. That's that's made me feel so much better.
0: <laughs> I'm kind of concerned now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, which leads me on to one of my fun questions. If you were to fictionally murder someone, how would you do it? Coming obviously tope, totally hypothetical uh, if, if you were going to kill oh,
0: someone how would you do yeah, it? <laughs> well the, the coolest thing in the, the I'm probably going to give sort of a sneak peek now which is kind of a cool thing in the, the girl walks into a bar that I'm doing now the characters from girl walks into a bar um, they kind of fall in love and end up not, they're like giving too much away um, they, they, they kind of think they're living happily ever after but They've not finished off the job that they started doing. So they keep getting home invasions. So they have to keep moving. and The girl uh, is sitting on a porch drinking a glass of wine um, when one of the guys bursts through the screen and tries to come. So because she's kind of improvising, basically she, she smashes the bottom of the glass off and grabs the glass bit and sort of... In his neck. And then they drive him out to a bit of a remote location and dig a deep hole and you know, drop him in and fill it full of lime and put some roadkill on top and rig it over. That's how I do it. Okay. Not that
1: so, you've ever thought about it, obviously. Not, not so
0: now we've discussed me killing customers and we've discussed I'm going to get rid of them. Yeah. It's this entrapment. <laughs>
1: I think I'd, do, I'd be guilty by association anyway, so.
0: <laughs> there is that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so we we'll get them down together.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. So that's the problem. Obviously, obviously, you've got to drink the wine first. Uh, because you can't spill it.
1: Yeah, wait, you can't
0: waste it. No, no, not at all. And then, yeah, no, stab them to death with the wine glass. As as okay. it works. I've, yeah. I've researched it. For, for the book, for the book. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. 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 Messy, does. especially if you hit the carotid and that just goes.
0: Psh. Well, they, they did. And it turns out he bought the rug that was in the patio that she destroyed. He was not happy. No. No. But. stand in the hands of bad guys.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Totally worth it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What a crazy life. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> Um, okay, so if you were fictionally murdered, who would you want to solve your case? Mm-hmm. Nice, cheerful conversation on your birthday. I uh, No doubt.
0: Am I 13? What, are years left? <laughs> <late?
1: laughs> <laughs> you could get murdered at any age.
0: <laughs> I know, but if you're going to go, you might as well go late. You know, when you're on your last legs. So, uh, I think, did you ever see Bone? There's not a Show yes. bones in England. I think I'd want bones to solve my case. Because then you, you get to see everything. But like then they put them in the table in the lab, and there's all the bits and pieces and maggots and all that stuff. And then they go to the forensics and then you got the I can't remember his name, the guy that played Angel, David. Bor Borian Borianos. Borians,
1: oh yes, David yeah. Borians is very pretty. <laughs> I know all about him.
0: <laughs> well, I'm, I'm dead, so it makes no difference to me, would it? <laughs> yes, I think I want Bo- the Bowens people to solve my case. Good choice. Yes, you
1: know that's based on books by Cathy Reichs, um, that I read yeah. when I was in my early twenties. That ended up with me doing a forensic science degree. In my mid-thirties, no that I've just finished.
0: Well, congratulations! Yeah.
1: You got no. <laughs> no, because yeah. because the money shit. Would you believe right. to Together. be a yeah to be a CSI, you get twenty grand a year, and I get Is more that than that? that. Yeah, I can earn more than that being a supervisor at Greg's. <laughs> so, That's a bit
0: and disappointing, really. well, on, yeah. she, she actually has got a new book. Oh, it's called to be called. Um, Call Call Bones, is coming out soon. You
1: yes, I think it. I've yeah, I think I've seen that advertised. Uh, yeah. So yeah. I saw her speak as well at Bloody Scotland last year. She's very cool. I like her. Really?
0: Yeah. I'm not jealous. It's fine. Yeah. I really enjoyed Bones. it was really good.
1: Good show. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was brilliant actually. And all their technology. I liked the girl with I say girl young woman with all the screens and technology and she used to you know manipulate all the oh, so yeah and, and could be been a, been a while since of, i've watched it but yeah they, they show it all the
0: time over here on the Rewind one channels
1: yeah i think it's um it's probably on one of our channels we've got like the crime channels and stuff because we're quite obsessed with <laughs> crime programs apparently
0: they yeah, oh, I've got to watch a show called The Responder,
1: I've been told. Yes, I've got to watch that as well. I haven't watched it yet, but I must. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs> it's queued
0: up and ready to go. I've got to stay awake long enough.
1: <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, so, back to books. <laughs> Easily distracted today. It must be just Friday, I think.
0: <laughs> okay, and, and the one, of
1: course. Yeah. Well, I haven't got that excuse. I'm stone cold sober. Oh, Just right. I'm not drunk. Just it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm not one to judge. <laughs> good. Okay, so if you were to take one of your characters out for a meal, who would you choose and what would you ask them?
0: It's hmm. a really good question. I'm looking at my books now, I'm thinking...
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I really don't know. Possibly. Ooh. I've got to be careful. I don't give too much away. So one of my books, Hope's Game, um, hope isn't real. Or is she? So, so this guy goes into a research facility was hooked up to this program where they implant things in his mind. And there's a doppelganger in there named Hope who's this gorgeous woman who takes him down a very dark path. And I think I'd take Hope out for lunch. Well, it's kind of risky because he's a nutjob. But I think I'd take Hope out for lunch and just ask her how she, how she did what she did. Nice. Yeah, and why. I kind of know why. I've got to write, this. it actually ends on a kind of cliffhanger and I've got to write a sequel, but the plan was that there'd be a sequel movie made and then COVID happened. So it's in the balance of the night. But I think I'd, I think I'd take Hope out because she's, she's, very, she's very attractive and very eloquent and, and she knows everything because she basically, she's linked to the internet. Also a job. So you'd be on the edge for the entire meal. Most women I've are there, to be fair, so. <laughs> oh, my wife's not here, so I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> keep that one quiet.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's probably best.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I've got to close my eyes tonight. It's definitely best.
1: <laughs> um, Out of all the books you've written, what was the most fun scene that you wrote and what was the most difficult?
0: God, now I wish I'd only written two books. <laughs> I'm, look, I'm looking at him again thinking that the most fun scene I don't want to give too much away um, most fun scene. I think the most fun scene hasn't been released yet <laughs> yeah. and it's um, and it was a blast to write yeah. where, um, a girl walked into a bar so the same people that I mentioned earlier um, that, that survived the end of the book and they fall in love and they go away thinking life's going to be cool. And I won't see why. For some reason, kill scenes are chasing them across the country. And I mean, ba- basically, the girl named Sabrina gets, just, she's just sick of it. She's said, enough is enough. I'm tired of running. It's time to face up to these people and deal with them. And the scene... Starts off where they're at home just chilling out, and then you know it's like the, the guy in it, Paul, he's Paul's yeah. a basic bloke, he's not superhuman, he's got no five strength, he's just like me. Um, and it's sort of like you know, if if you're ever like subject to a home invasion, go for the kitchen, that's where all the knives are and the cool weapons. And he walks in the kitchen and Sabrina's there with a skillet in one hand and a knife in the other. And there's two dead guys on the floor. And there's another guy in the patio with the wine glass stand stuck in his neck. And writing that scene out of him walking in and her going, uh-huh, could he use some help? And he's like, well, I was dealing with the guy. I was in the toilet and the guy came in with my pants down and I dealt with him and I'm sorry. And... uh, that scene's got a lot of a lot of, not a lot of violence in it, but it's a lot of comedy as well. But it's these two people that just idolise one another, and they're, they're tired of being attacked by these random bad guys who always wear black, like ninja black. Like they, they shop at Dugs or us, and they just reached this point now where enough is enough. And this scene sort of tips me with the edge, and just visualising the scene and writing, because I just wrote it from scratch and just winged it as I seem to do a lot of the time. <laughs> I was chuckling out loud writing it, so everything's as fun to read. So that's probably my, my funniest scene that I've written. Right. and your question had two parts, I'm sorry, what was the other bit? bit the most difficult. Most difficult. Funerals. Funerals. Yes. Um, the Reason to Grieve is about a young couple that are both suffering loss, a lot of loss for different reasons. If you find us in a the group, I'm not going to give any spoilers away, but they both attend strangers' funerals in the hope that they can pick up on the bad, the, the, the negative vibe, and release this tension that they're feeling and cry, But the need of them have cried. And writing about funerals is really hard to do it respectfully. Well, you've got these people sort of eavesdropping, these strangers eavesdropping in on people and the families and well they're only there, purely selfish, they're completely selfish, they just want to soak up this grief so they can cry. So you've got to try to make the scenes somber because it's a funeral but it's a romantic comedy at the same time and it was a nightmare and it went, I, I can't even remember how many drafts it went through, plenty.
1: Yeah. Plenty. Imagine there were a fair few swear words and what on earth was I thinking in writing this. That's
0: yeah, well. the one I got dared to do, so, so I could have just said no.
1: Yeah, No, you're, but, you're a man. Men don't back down from dares, I find, ever, even if it means writing a whole book. Like, yeah, I'll do that, that's fine. <laughs> you're a weird breed.
0: You're stupid.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm fully aware of this. <laughs> yeah,
0: but it works out really well. It's still my best review book, now. I actually read it not that long ago because I wrote a sequel to it uh, and reading it back, I still think it's a really nice. Story. It's kind of sad, but it's very funny.
1: Is- well, if you find it funny, then that's awesome as well. If you still find it funny, then that's good. You know you've done a good job.
0: Yeah, the characters are awesome. There's, there's, a, there's always a chance they might still come back. I had planned that on being a trilogy but I, I, I don't know. I've got to pick s I've got to pick a genre and romance is not my genre. <laughs> so I can't keep writing romance books that I don't need to write when I've got when I'm ruined, I'm be writing.
1: <laughs> Why not? Um yeah. It is what it is. keep going. <laughs> when you're editing, what's your most overused word or phrase?
0: Just always. And, a berry. and that's like all your writery books, like, hang on a second, I have all these books here on, on how to write. And I've read some of them. And they they all say that if you have to put very in front of a word, you've not used the right word. Yeah, you can't be very angry, you can be livid. And so on and so on. So, just all the time, I put just in very all the time. Um, and I think my characters say, I think this, that, and the other. And I'm like, readers don't want to know what they think, they're, re- they're reading it. Why, why, why do they want to know what they think? <laughs> Cut them out, yeah.
1: So
0: I have this list, it's not in here. I have a list when I'm done with the manuscript, and I go back through it, I search for just, and vary, and think, and nine times out of 10, you can chop them. So the only downside is my book goes from like 80,000 words to 10,000. <laughs> and I have to pack it back out again. But yeah, I think, I think they are my most overused words. And the, the book I'm writing now, probably the Lord has the an overused word too, but for all the right reasons. <laughs> Back to, back uh-huh. to again. <laughs>
1: um, if you were able to spend a day with any author dead or alive who would you like to spend a day with
0: Stephen King. it's probably a complete cliche
1: but he's <laughs> he's just awesome
0: he <laughs> is awesome but he's so down to that uh, that's very very fortunate my wife noticed i didn't know he did this talk over here um, at this little auditorium we've gone. She got us tickets to go see him. And he was, he's just so funny. He's just this, he's just this boy working in jeans in a t-shirt, basically. He, yeah. If you sat next to him in a pub, you unless you knew who he was, you'd have no idea he was Stephen King.
1: Yeah, and I know. Was, I, su- I saw him at Bloody Scotland um, virtually. He was talking to Linwood Barclay he was wearing a Scottish, some kind of Scottish, I don't know if it's football or rugby t-shirt because he knew that he was being bimmed to Scotland. Him right. and Linwood Barclay were comparing toilet stories. They were being shown like to the, us in the audience, then it was being, it was um, a hybrid festival. So people were watching from home. Yeah, so two of like the most massive authors in the world were comparing toilet stories. <laughs> and people asked me like how it was, I'm like, honestly, it was just two blokes, like two blokes in a pub having a chat. It was very strange, but awesome. Yeah. But
0: it says it's, it's, it's strange to reassuring that he's as down to it as he is. But it yeah. also, I was also really fortunate to meet uh, Lee Child, um, who does the Reacher books. Uh, and a lot of my characters have, have got kind of like a Reacher kind of vibe to them. Uh, and again, I had no idea in my life, one. he actually did the Tokus Hall library which was like ridiculous. So he signed a bunch of books for us and I had got my photo taken with Reacher's dad. And, and he did a talk and he's also really funny, but he's typically an English guy and obviously he's retired now. His brother writes the Reacher books. Um, but even back then, he said, you know, I'm just, I'm just an English guy. My work ethic's crap. He says, I just want to write one book a year and then slum it. That was it. And sure enough, that's all he ever did. He starts writing, or you know, we started right on the same day every year with one book, sent it off, and then slummed it for the rest of the year. And now he's slumming all year. Yeah. I mean, why but if you can, why not?
1: Yeah, it's not like he's living in a mansion and is loaded or anything, you know, that he can retire. No, no hasn't worked no. out for him
0: at all. <laughs> no, no millions involved whatsoever. But again, no. they're completely down to earth like, really, really nice. I had a chat, I had a photo, signed my books and... Yeah, and I didn't get stars, but I met a few famous people. And I think Lee Child's the one person I've met where I was like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, because he has... I mean, Killing is still one of my favourite books. His books. Yeah. I got
1: excited because he followed me back on Twitter. No way. Uh, yeah, he tweeted. I've, I included him in a list of Follow Friday. And uh, he tweeted and said, thanks, I think, or something like that. And I was like, oh, ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah, oh,
0: I'm it, You've peaked. you got to quit. Yeah, that's quit it. Now.
1: Done. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I'm not even going yeah, um, to argue that. But... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I had a little girly squirrel because, you know, I can't help it. <laughs> I was
0: like, ah. I probably would have had a girly squirrel too, but it's in
1: a <laughs> 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 I'd love to witness that. That would be quite amusing.
0: Yeah, that's behind closed doors.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so when you're not writing, what do you like to do with your time?
0: I often love to read. Uh, the bookcase on the side of me here is full of books. The weird thing is, other than like Lee Child, then Stephen King, then Holland Coburn as well, I guess, to a point, I only really read indie writers. I think Father a big, like James Patterson, gave up with James Patterson a long time ago. I used to love his books, and then were, now that I've seen it all same, I've just got bored of James Patterson, basically. Um, there are so many indie writers that are just better than the traditional writers, like leaps and bounds better, that I'm I just going to read them. Yeah, so my, my TV red pile is ridiculous. Um, I don't know if you know, Mal will share it. She's another stoky uh, writer. Her <laughs> books are awesome. But she writes some past them I can read them. So actually, this, as well as the, the books here, there's a pile of books down here that you can't see. There's another shelf that runs on my desk that's one of all my English writer books. And uh, so now I love to read. Um, music, I love. That, that was my first passion. Um, Recently, went to a band called Shine Down. Um, spectacular band. So, listening to rock music and then binge watching Netflix shows, which is, is actually starting to encroach on writing time. <laughs> because we find all these shows, especially the R and ones like Safe and Stay Close, and they're really good. And they're English on an American TV channel, which is it's just cool because it sort of takes me back to, oh, i the cars on the wrong side of the road <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. And so binge-watching Netflix series is also becoming something that I probably need to put back on a bit because it, it, it does take up a lot of time. And I've got yeah. outlines galore here that I need to get working on and I was really lucky that because of COVID, I mean, I released three books last year. And my, my plan was to release four books this year. But we're already almost at the end of January. And I've got like, I think I've got like 30,000 words down for girl walks into a bar. Um, but I've realized I've not researched it enough. I've, I've sort of reached the point where I've, I've made myself into a corner. So I've got to back out and, and redo that. But then this priest guy came along who's also a hitman. So, what are you supposed to do? (laughs)
1: It's
0: honestly only hours in
1: the day. Cut down on your sleep a little bit. I mean, you know, Margaret Thatcher survived on four hours. So, you know, and she totally (laughs) had control of everything. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Of course she did. Yeah, she wasn't psycho at (laughs) all. It was fun.
0: The throat of the nation. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I wish I, I we had um, my wife's just got over it. So I had COVID a couple of weeks ago, um, and I just I can't stop sleeping. It's so like I get it. I also have a day job as well. So my one to just have to six every morning anyway. Uh, I'm at work for seven. I get back in half four, five o'clock. So by the time you've had some dinner, and had a shower, and all that, then said hello to the family and strip cats, bedtime, and you've got to find some time to put some words down Uh, it's tricky
1: yeah get rid of the day job that sounds like the most time consuming
0: it is definitely the most time consuming i'm very fortunate to be working in a place and i enjoy working with people that i really like Um, (laughs) of course because the way things are it's like
1: you've muted yourself
0: Birthday greasy, yeah. Everything's a the so we didn't get lunch, so I can't even stop for lunch and, and type some words. Just gotta get home and out to the best,
1: yeah. Uh, fair enough,
0: yeah. So, <laughs> and then you know, the day job pays the bills, so
1: yeah, that is always the issue. This is why I haul my ass off to Greg's every day ish yeah. and I hate my life <laughs> for yeah, four
0: hours.
1: I'm from Luton.
0: I never <laughs> went to Luton, funnily enough. Good. <laughs> like you were saying, Stoke-on-Trent is probably the equivalent.
1: They've done the the survey for the worst places to live. Uh, Luton was third. Stoke-on-Trent was like twenty-sixth. Yeah, Luton is horrendous.
0: What was first? I'm interested.
1: Um, Aylesbury, strangely. Really? Yeah, I know. That's where Meronion come from. I like that band. I know. Yeah, I, I'm really surprised. And I would argue that Luton is ten times worse than Ellsbury, but there we are. <laughs> yeah. And that's
0: down- a- down- a- yeah. Ellsbury's down south, like close to London.
1: Yeah, it's not that far from, from me either. It's only about like half an hour up to road from where I am. So, yeah, very odd.
0: I'm surprised. Yeah.
1: So, yeah. <laughs> So,
0: Luton way worse than Stoke-on-Trent. <laughs> way worse. I think with Stoke-on-Trent, people are really good. But the Stoke-on-Trent is possibly one of the friendliest places in England. I think, despite everything that's going on, I think it still is one of the friendliest places in England. Plus, they have oatcakes, which no one else knows about. So, it's ace. It's like a local. It's like a pancake, but made with oats. Mm. No one else knows about. Them.
1: We have the Bedfordshire Clanger, which is like half savoury and half sweet in one pastry. Which sounds vile, and weird. I not I've never tried one. Just too oh. weird for me. I draw the line at that. You work at Greg's? They have sausage rolls. Nothing else matters. Sausage rolls are everything. <laughs> I'm not interested. <laughs> Do you know how hard it is not to eat the damn things? It's been a long cook- time. Um, I'll swap you a sausage roll for a book (laughs) or a few. I'll send you a pack over.
0: (laughs) They are. Yeah, it's been a while. They're good.
1: (sighs) I know. (laughs) And we cook a lot of them. And the smell, it's just cool.
0: Did we just discover your downfall?
1: Yeah, absolutely. After furlough, first thing I wanted was a sausage roll. Nothing else, didn't care. Just give me a (laughs) sausage (laughs) roll.
0: Usually pleased. Nothing wrong with that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um Anyway. <laughs> yes. Um where's been the funniest or strangest place you've ever woken up?
0: Mm, recently. We are. Twice. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So last. Last February, funnily enough, I showed you the snow out the window here right now. Last February, the 15th, 16th, my son's birthday, and we were snowed in. So I came back here to write, and I've hoovered everywhere, as we say, vacuumed every year. I hoovered through the house and stuff, came back here to do some writing some words, and woke up in the ER. No clue what happened. And apparently, I had, a, I had a seizure power with my cat. Um, kind of watched it, saw everything he guards me now when I'm in here he'll come in here and watch me make sure I'm okay blessing um, and then there's a convention maybe called Imaginarium which is spectacular some, it's just a you know, ridiculous variety of conventions massive, they take over a hotel people come from all over America and um, I met there's a guy named
1: Rip Rawlings
0: Have you ever heard of Mark Green, he writes The Grey Man
1: Books.
0: Uh, yeah, the name rings a bell. Yeah, it's, it's a series now on Netflix. Um, it's his best mate. And he was doing a, a course on romance and military books. And of course, I do the old fart club books. So I thought, I've got to be on that panel. So I was on that panel and we finished the course, went to the bar and I was about to buy him a bourbon. And I woke up in the ER again. No clue. No clue how we got there. And of course, I texted my wife and said, don't panic, everything's okay, put them in hospital. Of course, <laughs> she panics and freaked out and said, you can't send texts like that. And so, yeah, that's been the weirdest thing because I had no recollection of what happened. People had to tell me. So, oh. the weirdest places to wake up. ER, when you have no memory of what happened, that's the weirdest place to wake up.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. i okay by the way apparently so but yeah that, that's definitely the weirdest place to wake up when you wake up attached to an iv with keeping the lights and nurses whenever you're like what are I doing here <laughs> i <they'd> been abducted
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah. yeah thankfully touchwood i've never really i've never had stitches i've ever broke anything on
0: just boring, really. I don't recommend it. Didn't I? When I had the first season, I fell through my desk pretty much and broke my shoulder. My collarbone got fractured.
1: Ouch!
0: So, I tore my ribs. And, yeah, it's quite painful. Don't do it.
1: I mean, I'll try not to.
0: <laughs> so rolls.
1: But I mean, I'm sure if you had the choice, you wouldn't have done it either. But apparently, your body decided that. Yeah.
0: Definitely not. Did not hit the word count on that day. <laughs>
1: Oh dear, yeah, not good. Um, If I was to ask your nearest and dearest what your most annoying habits are, what would they say? (laughs) How long would the list be?
0: (laughs) We would. I don't think the list would be that long. She's saying, yeah, you can ask yourself if you like. (laughs) Snoring. I've never heard me, so I can't say that it's true or not. But apparently, snoring. And I read something the other day. I actually read it to the earlier on, and she took a swing for me. And um, someone has said, Snoring is actually your body saying that you're having the best sleep you've ever had. Yeah. yeah. Hello. Yeah. She's right here. I've heart what your worst habit? Procrastinating.
1: That's,
0: a, that's an awful thing yeah, that's, a, that's, a, that's an awful thing okay okay
1: procrastinating yeah that's totally an awful thing and a student thing i find yes so yeah.
0: no i've just been so nice said it's my birthday and we had to go out for dinner go to the restaurant
1: oh dear <laughs> I will have to let you go then.
0: I <laughs> know. Do you have any more quick questions <laughs> before I have to skip? No, was...
1: Yes, I was pretty much done anyway, so it's all good. Ah, cool. So, uh, it's been
0: fun. It's, it's taken us a while because of the time difference.
1: Yes, but we got your,
0: there. Your crazy workouts.
1: Yeah, and other stuff that I do. Yeah, rubbish.
0: You do a lot of stuff. what I tell, you do a lot of stuff.
1: Yeah. Again, I don't get bored <laughs> ever. No, no, likewise. This is a good thing. Yeah. If I'm bored, then I'm not doing something that I'm supposed to be doing. So <laughs> yeah,
0: that is one. That's one of the good things. I, I couldn't couldn't say it last time I was bored.
1: No idea. No. I know people yeah. said about lockdown. I'm like, uh, weren't you bored? No. <laughs> not at any point. I loved it. <laughs> yeah,
0: like I said earlier, three books in a year. I, didn't, I wasn't bored at all in lockdown. It was great. <laughs> Lock me down again. Yes, please. please.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: but again, we've got to pay bills.
1: Yeah, well, I was on furlough. I was getting paid more than I would have been on was at work. I was loving it. Absolutely no customers. I was getting paid. I was doing this. It was amazing.
0: Yeah. My wife I was says, in heaven. <laughs> I had to work from home.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. see, when you work for retail, you can't do that. It's just such a
0: shame. But yeah, I, was... well, I didn't have the commute. There was no commute, so that's
1: extra time. Yeah, yeah, that's always nice. Yeah, good point. Um, so just before we go, would you like to tell everyone where they can get your books from and where they can find out more about you if they'd wish?
0: Absolutely. i your dog. <laughs> All of my books from Amazon. Mr. Serial, Amazon, Mr. in England. Uh, if you search Mick Williams, they'll pop up. I have a Amazon PayPal page as well. Um, I have a Facebook page, McWilliams Author. Um, I'm trying to get into Twitter, but I'm I'm just not that good at Twitter, it seems. And I'm trying to get into Instagram, and I can't grab it either. Um, But I can Facebook. I'm on Facebook. Uh, My website, McWilliamsAuthor.com, has details of all bar the last two of my books that came out together recently. Uh, I've got to get that updated. Uh, But everything's on Amazon. And if American folks are watching... I've got Palace Boxes books here because of lockdown. There were no signings the last year. So I've got plenty of copies here that I can sign and post out. Yeah, but yeah, Amazon is your friend.
1: It's kind of, (laughs) not an author's friend particularly. (laughs) It's an author's point here, it really isn't. If somebody wants to buy a book, it's great. (laughs) Yeah, this this
0: is true.
1: Well, fabulous, well, go enjoy the rest of your birthday. Enjoy your Mexican. we're off to Mexican, got to eat yep. food here, it's Down your wine as well, make sure you don't miss it.
0: <laughs> I'm almost done, I'm, even though it seems like I talk about wine lot, I'd only sip it, I don't drink too much wine.
1: Yeah, I believe you.
0: <laughs> i up late
1: and write. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for having me on. You're very welcome, it's been an
0: absolute pleasure. It's been, it's been very fun. And, uh, it has. And thank you for everything that you do for us, Radford people, because you do a lot. It's a pleasure.
1: You're also awesome.
0: It is appreciated. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> right. On that note.